Hey everyone, today's episode, there are mentions of racism, homophobia, mental health issues. If any of these things affect you, please give this one a miss. There are also resources in the show notes and please reach out to Lifeline at any time on 13 11 14. A listener production. This podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. It's your channel. Your channel is the same one. Okay, you can do it. You can, can. find All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Ouch. Fucking hell. She slapped me on the leg. Now I know oh why God. we pushed her out of the radio yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had a 40 minute chat with Oscar beforehand. Chatfield sat down. Yeah, no, I um I was a bit late. All right. Hey everyone. Um shut the fuck up, you two. It's my my podcast. That's gonna be bad. Right, you Team's invited your boys on here. You know oh, what was gonna happen. Sorry. Nate's putting an arm back going. I'm so comfortable. I saw the setup in here and I was like, Lem, this is really fucking nice. No, it's really beautiful. For those of you who don't know, okay, mm. hello. Uh, this is the podcast. It's already out of hand. Um I feel like we're doing like a sports commentary podcast or something. We've got two straight men here. Yeah, mate, there you go. Have we ever had a straight man on the podcast? Osher. Uh, Osher? Uh, Thomas Mayer. Yes. Mayer Thomas now. Mayer. Anyone else? Nah, we've got two. So we've got Jimmy and Nath here, and um, they're partially on here to prove that we're still friends after I after I left the radio this show. This is part of the contract. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't contract. see this, but Abby has a gun to both her heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a water one, though. It's not real. Oscar has a trident pointed at me. I think that's a trident, Oscar. <laughs> but I wanted to have you guys on because you both know that I love you so much. And you love me as well. We do. We yep. do. Yes. We you said it before we, we could love, answer. We, we love We you. love Abby Chatfield. <laughs> yes. No, no you, didn't, you read that wrong. Heaps. It sorry, heaps. We love Abby, Abby Chatfield. Heaps. Sorry, yeah. All right, Lem, next card. Yeah. She yeah. left She <laughs> left on her own accord. Yeah. She was busy and had other things on. We did not <laughs> push her. Yeah. yeah push. Okay. We enjoyed working with Abby. Yep. Good one. Good. Thank you yeah. so much for doing that. I appreciate it. It's out of the way now. Um, but no, because I've spoken both to both of you. Be serious for a second. This, yeah. is a, this is the other defense mechanism I want to talk to you guys about. Yeah, so sucked true. in. We're doing like a therapy session. They think it's going to be all wacky and it's not because I'm going to reel them in. <laughs> it's true. So Jimmy and Nath are genuinely two of, if not the best straight men that I know. I know. I've spoken about both of them in therapy a lot because when I was going crazy halfway through the year, um, they really, really helped me. And they're genuinely like, I mean, it's pretty random. They actually are like, have like empathy and stuff, which is so weird. And they're really interesting, smart, beautiful men that I love a lot. So I thought you'd get on the podcast to talk about how that came to be because you're really big anomalies. <laughs> oh, thank you, Abs. I mean, it's nice to be an anomaly. I yeah. like that. No, yeah. I mean, you know, we love you to bits. We, we do. We love, we love you to bits. I mean, our counselling sessions off the air as yeah. well were probably, I don't know, probably better conversations than on the air sometimes. Yeah, yeah. honestly. That's, and that's the thing. That's why I thought we'd save for the podcast so <laughs> yeah. that um, we can get some advertising dollars off this tragic content. <laughs> Cha-ching. Cha-ching. But I, I, I think that it's like something that uh, we spoke about briefly on the radio show that I want to start off with. And that is how you two, because you two, like I said, are very, you're weirdly progressive, but you're, but you're not really, like you're still like golf and like... <laughs> 
Sports. Footy. Yeah. Gosh, she does a good year. She does a good year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're both very emotionally intelligent. And I think that we've spoken about on air, you being from Gundawindi, yes. which for those of you who don't know, is on the border of Queensland. In New, New South, South Wales. Wales. In, inland, though, not like near Tweed or anywhere. Yeah, it's near, not like a, There's it's, no beaches. It's not like a fun place. No. No. Yeah, the river. <laughs> yeah, the river. You jump yeah, the, the McIntyre River is fun. the border. They have a McDonald's. Yeah, we go to Macca's. Well, that Macca's, <laughs> as we discovered on the show, I actually, when we drove from, we as a class trip from Brisbane to Canberra, the bus broke down um, in Gundawindi. Yes. And we had to stay the night. You guys um, could have crossed the, paths. Yeah, I know. We could have. You could have been I mean, I actually Macca's. spent a lot of time together in Brisbane in similar circles. I don't know how we ever didn't, didn't. run into it. Run into each other, but might have been yeah. avoiding you subconsciously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been chasing you for years. Yes, the <laughs> gods going avoid him. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we've we've spoken about on air. You guys kind of having perceptions changed in regards to not that you ever were like we hate women. <laughs> no, I, I think when you grow up and you think you hate women. Do really? Like when I when I grew up, like I again a small country town. But even when I go back, there's things that are said and done. There's some wonderful people out there. Don't don't get me wrong, but my parents still live out there. But <laughs> I think when you you grew up, I grew up in a world where you know, especially like I was young, and so you play sport with men because there aren't as many sporting teams, right? Because yeah. in like in a big city, there'd be like an under twelves and under fourteens and under sixteens. You can get under fourteens and under sixteens in the country, and you have to play with men mm. if you want to play sport. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much. So then you're around older men uh, who. Are drinking and then you look up to them because you're a kid you're looking you know for role models and they make jokes about women you know they make sexist jokes and they're basically objects and they're stupid or whatever and then you think they're the jokes that you make I, I made jokes that I, I thought were funny because I saw other men laugh at them but mm-hmm. then when I moved to Brisbane I, and I think like moved, what um I think I told you once like there was a girl at uni so I would have been 17 or 18 I moved to Brizzy and there was a and she wasn't she wasn't wearing much and I like made a joke just being like she can get it like look at this slut and the guys I was with were like, and this is something I still use to this day. Rather than call me out, they were, why'd you say that? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, why'd you say that? And I went, uh, she's not wearing many clothes. Mm. And they were like, yeah, but, but why? Mm. And I was like, it's funny. And they're like, is it? And I'm like, well, it's not, it's not really funny. Mm. Yeah. So that's the, I still try to question people when they do stuff, but yeah, I, I definitely was brought up in that environment and, and thought those I didn't I didn't believe him but like when that's all you know and that's all you're told it's sort of like what's well, the same thing up. I mean going to an all-boys school is yeah. the, it was the same thing starting year seven you know you want to impress the the older kids walking around all that kind of stuff especially if you're playing footy with them a couple of grades up and all that mm. kind of thing I mean you're in the sheds in the locker room at training with these guys 24 7 and when there's like you know five or six female teachers walking around you know there's a, a lot of like notes are passed around class going fuck hope should like drop your pen on purpose and see what happens like, literally, that's what happens. That's what happened at school. Yeah, I heard that in my school. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm from Jordan. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I feel like you two, it's like a, it's a case study for me. I'm not mm. going to lie. I feel like I'm Louis Thoreau right now. Mm. I'm infiltrating the straight men because I'm like, I am, I live in such an echo chamber and I have forever because I didn't have any men in my family. So it was, I went to an all girls school. Dad left and took the car. Mm. It was Father's Day yesterday, so thanks for that. He didn't take the car. Yesterday. Yeah, come on, mate. (laughs) Move on. Back to your day. Day Dad's day, day, mate. (laughs) Let him go. They get their one day, they get their socks and undies. Fuck off. I resisted posting um, my bitchy post every year this year. I was really proud of myself. It's healing. Um, No, but I I think it's, it's... I, I want to know more about this. I feel like it seems very basic and very non-revolutionary to some people, but I think a lot of listeners of this podcast don't understand what it's actually like with straight men growing up that are like footy boys and how you evolve from being that into being who you are, which is such kind, empathetic, beautiful men. Mm. And where I guess you see that kind of fork 
in the road? Like, do you have mates that you grew up with that are just like complete drongos? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, like, uh, like, yes, one hundred percent. And I want to know. I guess I think people listening. Some people have kids. Be their parents of boys, or they have you know younger brothers or whatever. And I guess I just want to know. God, I hate to fucking blow you guys up your egos, but like how they can turn out like you rather than like the pieces of shit. So like when, so like, so like going up, like, did you feel that you were completely enmeshed in that? Like Jim, you're saying like, and you're, oh, there's teachers, Mm. you know, writing notes. Did you think that was wrong at the time or did you genuinely, were you just completely immersed in that environment? Yeah, I absolutely didn't think it was wrong at the time. hundred percent. not Because you're in there and that's what you're forced to do to fit in. Mm. That's what you're forced to do to, to be a part of it and to be like, okay, for, for me to be able to hang out and be fun and be like, you know, the entertaining one and have mates and, you know, mm. make that, that ride through school easy, you've got to conform to that stuff and do it. And it wasn't until probably leaving school and being around women and appreciating what they do and all that kind of stuff much more because, I've, I mean, there was the five teachers. I think we had like a geography teacher and a math teacher who were women. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you leave that and you're exposed to the real world, you go, whoa, that's pretty fucked up. What yeah, happened see, at school? It's opposite with me going to an all-girls school where, mm. I mean, I had a crush on my English teacher, obviously, as we all fucking do. <laughs> but there wasn't, it's interesting the way that you're like, oh, we went to the real world and then, and then we saw women. Like our, our thing was like we were almost protected from men. Mm. Remember one day we had a, um, a day at school where the boys' school um, came and did class with us. Yeah. And I hated every single minute of it. Like it was awful. And all the boys were like showing off trying to. And that's what we did. Like slut shame people and yell at girls and make fun of girls who were answering questions. And it was absolute hell on earth. But do you think that you were kind of feeding off each other or was there one ringleader that you followed? You're absolutely feeding off each other. I mean, there was always a ringleader. Like there was always somebody who would introduce the the bit or the funny thing, the funny thing mm-hmm. uh, at that particular time. And then everyone would build on that because they'd want to be the ringleader. The, almost the alpha. The alpha okay. or the ringleader in making those jokes. to be like, oh, I can one-up you here. I can one-up you here. You threw your pen there. I'll get it even closer. I'll make her lean over my desk and, you know, check my work. I'll purposely make a mistake. Okay. And yeah. then, Jim, when you to co-ed school? Yeah, I went to co-ed school. Wow. Um, what was that like? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think I, if I if I do have kids, I'm still unsure if I want kids, but if I did, I'd probably want them to go to a co-ed school. But even when I first went to high school, the boys did man arts. So that was metalwork and woodwork. Mm. And then... Sorry, did you just say man arts? Yeah, well, it stood for manual arts, oh. but... <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> me going, <laughs> me going, oh. Yeah, but the I boys... The only way men can show artistic yeah. you just threw man wood, arts, wood, and, wood and, and metal. And metal. Yeah. Yeah. Hard um, substances. And sculpts a phallus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the girls did home economics, which was cooking, sewing. Yeah. So that was when I was in year eight, but it it changed in year 10 and uh, they started to, um, you did both. So in year 10, well, yeah, women could do woodwork and metalwork and men, they changed the name of them too. No, no, I'm not joking. So when I started, the, the women would do the cooking and sewing and the boys would do metalwork and woodwork. And that was in year eight. By the year 10, it changed. Like if you came to school, you did, you did both of them. Wait, so it was compulsory, but it, it was compulsory. It was like it was like mass English that was man arts, manual arts, <laughs> which was yeah, which became ICT, which I can't even remember what that stood Boring. for, but it was still metalwork. So I guess for me, what I'm saying, like it wasn't as much as when they was talking about like you know trying to impress people. It's just what it was. Like oh, the division between men and women, like it was that was even in town, like you know you in a small country town, you go out and you'll see your teachers at a pub, like it's just. It's uh-huh. just that small, right? 
and so women were seen to be having these certain jobs and that's what they were and like you made fun of them and they were somehow objects or like there is you know it's a mum they're going to be a stay-at-home mum like yeah. that's what you should do and all this stuff mm-hmm. so growing up you know that's all I saw and then I just saw men making jokes or whatever and it, I don't know it wasn't much as fitting in it was just that's all I saw around me like there weren't any minorities it wasn't anything it was just this is the way men are this is the way women are and that's your role yeah. go and then at what point did you, so then you left and then when you came out of school, but you were in yeah. Sydney, Nath. In Sydney, yeah, grew up in Sydney. Yeah, so yeah. then it's interesting to see how Brisbane and Sydney are different because us living in Brisbane, Jimmy, like until you leave Brisbane, you don't realise how much of a large country town it is, I don't think. Brizzy is a big, I always say to people who haven't been to Brizzy, like you could go to Queen Street Mall on like a s- Saturday or a Sunday and sometimes it's dead. You know what I mean? That's the main street, yeah. the main yeah. drag. There's no one there. And there's no Except one there. Except the emos are hungry jacks. Yeah, yeah. Outside. yeah, yeah. Which, When I first moved Nate to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had an emo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I never, when I first went to Brizzy, and I, I didn't know what they, there's all these people dressed in black sitting inside hungry jacks, and I'm like, yeah, wow. Too hot and gunder when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, 40, 50 degrees on Christmas <laughs> Day, mate. You know, we're all black. Candles melting by themselves. But, yeah. <laughs> but was it kind of a culture shock to you going to Brisbane? Because you mentioned before you you would make jokes about women or. or yeah, Definitely. Be a sexist little piggy and a, then get called out. Yep. When you got caught up for the first time, were you offended? Were you defensive straight away? No, because I think um, by that stage, it took me a really long time to get into, I guess, this now media because I didn't see anyone in it. But I definitely wanted to be entertaining in some form my whole life. But mm. growing up and not doing drama, not having anyone in this industry – I never thought I could do it. I never knew how to get into and it. And you're still trying. I'm still <laughs> Thanks for having us on this podcast. You might finally get there. But I I guess by that stage when I moved to Brizzy, like I just like pe- making people laugh. So it didn't upset me when people called me out because they were like, why? And I remember that very vividly the first time, like being why. And I'm like, oh, that's no, it's not funny. And then I guess from then on, I was always trying to think of like, why am I making this joke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's um, I try to be funny in a way that you're not trying to put people down or that sort of humor became something I wanted to do. But mm-hmm. that's why I guess why it didn't upset me. Cause I'm like, no, it's not funny. I was like, that's pretty fucked actually. And it makes people feel bad. Yeah. And mm. I don't want to make people feel bad. So for me, it was very easy to, to start to make that change. It wasn't language I used every day. I was, I realized I was only using it when I was trying to impress people or trying to entertain people or make a joke. Mm. It's funny you mentioned drama. I think that was, I mean, Abs, you asked about like the, when was that turning point, that change yeah. point. And I think it was drama for me in year 11 and year 12, because really? so, so um, I was a drama nerd. Don't know if you can tell. Night is cool. Yeah. <laughs> we can fucking tell. We Lecture. love it. I'm busy doing the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah. now, um, my drama teacher, You're I'm still... Susie called the musical. Susie, well, that's yeah. what I was getting to. Sorry. Wow. Um, I was also Galileo in the life of Galileo. Okay, thespian. Bertolt Brecht. <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, but uh, it was... It was, it was <laughs> the rest of me. It was in drama that we started to integrate girls from the girls' schools because they'd come in and then they would be a part of the production. That's what we did as well. The yeah. boys used to come up for school and you yeah. would get so excited initially, then you'd dread the boys coming yeah. to school. But it was, I remember, so I'd come, we, we do we do rugby training and then I'd go in after rugby training for, for drama. So we, we'd do like rehearse for the play or that kind of stuff. And yeah. I remember coming off the footy field and doing like the, oh, fucking yeah, like, you know, I've got my scabs, I'm so strong, you know, I just put some big hits on. To you come were method. In, yeah, yeah, coming into the drama. <laughs> <laughs> change, bang, change, thespian. And hey, would, that's actually, that's giving, like, that's like an actual actor. But the girl, the girls would come in and it was kind of like it was, I started to, to be around people who were so much more talented and so much more gifted in that field than I was. Mm. Whereas being around rugby, I was like, I was 
at that same level and being like, I know how I can be better. I can be bigger and stronger and more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then when I go in there, I was like, whoa, these guys are so much more talented than I am. They could sing, they could dance, they can act. I can't, well, I can kind of act, but I couldn't do the rest of them. Barely a single yeah, thread. Yeah, barely a single thread. <laughs> <laughs> Half a thread yeah. is what I was uh, in, the bowl of in the ball of yarn. Uh, and then so, and, and they would come in and I was like, wow. Like, and that was kind of like the first time I was introduced to these people who were so much more talented in that field than I was and no longer was I with the alpha and that and our drama teacher would be like I remember there was one time where she pulled me aside and she goes you're just trying to be funny you're trying to be funny right. and you're trying to impress because that's the stuff that I would do on the footy field yeah you know, I'll try and make jokes all that kind of stuff as Jim was saying you try and be funny you try and make jokes but here it's like funny isn't going to get you forward yeah you know paying attention uh being the best that you can be you know doing what you can to like improve like from a drama sense a character the, the character develop yeah. the character that's what's going to impress yeah being good is going to what's good is what's going to impress. Yeah, it's like a dichotomy mm. of you being on the footy field yeah. and having to be the hardest, loudest, mm. most you know toxic masculinity person ever, and then going to drama and having to switch that around and be soft rather yeah. than be hard. Exactly, and that's what was impressive. Mm. So it kind of because of that, it like it almost changed. Where I was like, hang on a minute, like the the toxic, you know, aggressive, big brute white yeah. male stuff. It doesn't actually work. Like, who am I impressing? No, it, does, it doesn't yeah, yeah. actually work, Who am does I impressing? It? Why do I care what the rugby coach thinks? No. I was talking to a friend recently from Brisbane who still lives there, and I was like, it's interesting in Sydney, I feel like it's much more like an undercurrent of sexism, and, like, you go out and there's kind of, like, people being patronising to you. Like, my one time, I one of the first times I went out in Sydney, this investment banker was like, oh, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I have a podcast, because it was easier mm. than being like, I'm on TV and I have a podcast. And like, I was just like, oh, I have a podcast. Yeah. And he was like... That's a hobby, not a job. Mm. Oh I was like, oh. I own two houses. And that's and that's the, um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the corporate life, and the, a lot of those people corporate. are come, are coming out of those old boys' schools. Yes, and it's like this thing of like women, like you're a silly little girl, like yeah. you're a silly little dumb girl. But in Brisbane, people blatantly say to you, "You can't do this job because you're a woman." Like mm. it's it's very mm. it's very it's very different. So your experiences at uni, Jim, because you were yeah. at QUT, so was I. <sighs> Alumni, alumni alert. Could have, could have been together. Mm. I know. You're still <laughs> fucked me off. Uni bar. Right, it's an overnight thing and Brisbane is still fucked. Um, Sorry, Brisbane, love you, but like, I can say that because I'm from you. From, I'm, I'm from you. you. <laughs> I'm from you. Of Brisbane. I'm of Brisbane. Sorry, I've been watching my handmaid's tale too much. Mm. I'm also probably why I'm so angry right now. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. I thought, I thought you came in real hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. angry at both real of you for some reason. Like, like, what did you do that was fucked as a kid? You're like... Exposed humanities. I love them, but they're mm. obviously yeah, fucked. They obviously used to be fucked. What changed? Yes. What turned them? Um, I think like being, I don't know, like I think constantly traveling and moving, like living in Brisbane, but then trying to meet new people. Like I've always mm. been fascinated by people. Like even if I'm not into something, but someone's super passionate about something, I've always found that really interesting. Mm. It's like something, I guess, like with a radio show when someone calls up with a story about something, like I could not care if you're super into trains, but if you're mm. super into it and you're, the enthusiasm sort of gets me, I'm like, oh, tell me all about it. Mm. Um, so I guess like I was always looking to travel and move, like because I grew up in a country town, so I was fascinated with the big wide world and ended up moving to America. I went to the University of Alabama. Um, you talk about fucked, like it's far more How fucked. How was than, that? Yeah, it was far more fucked than um, than Brisbane. Um, and did you ever call anyone out <laughs> when you were in Alabama or were you too scared? Yeah, so <clears throat> one time I was at a I was at a party and um, this this wasn't to do with women. These these guys that I went to college with, I was studying civil engineering then, um, they were explaining to me that um, African-Americans' brains were smaller. God, please. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're in like a wide receiver position. Like they're not notoriously the quarterback or like a thinking position. 
Quote unquote, by the way. Yes, quote unquote, sorry, yes. And I was like, like, no, like that's, that's just not correct. And then they would just like laugh. They're like, ah, the Aussie doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. No, you're right, man. And I'm like, no, no, like I'm First serious. All, like, who's a thespian here? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, hey, let me, just let me perform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, just, just be you, bro. Yes. Don't tell me something you're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but your lane. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so they were just, <laughs> what did you? I, I just was so adamant. I'm like, no, like I was trying to get angry. I'm like, this, you're like, you're fucked. Like, that's just racist. Like, mm. and they're just, they're like, just dismissing it. They're like, no, no, you don't get it. You know, Ozzy, you probably don't understand. So they're like, you know, let's just, I'll get you another Budweiser. Let's just keep watching the football. So there's there's frats and um, sororities there. So sororities are for women, frats are for men. Um, Bam a rush. Yeah, there's roll time. Roll. Um, so it's been there since like 1888, and it has 150,000 students. So it's one of the super colleges. And the when I went there, the sororities were dry, so the women couldn't drink in their sororities, and so which made it even worse of a power dynamic. So if they wanted to have a party, they'd have to have to go to the frats, and at the frats, they would literally like women would line up to go in, and there'd be these frat bros who'd like literally just look at a woman and whether she was hot or not, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you're hot. You can come in. No, you're ugly. Fuck off. You're fat. Go. Fuck. Yeah." Yeah. So, and the reason prison was better than that. Yeah. So, prison was. <laughs> so, so I, I guess like I went to more like I continue to go to fuck places, and maybe that was what also was like I I just realized this more and more. I was like, I'd see people hurt. Like you'd, I'd, I'd, and I was like, he's on Australian, right? And then, so no, there's no Australians over in Tuscaloosa, mm. Alabama. You can't even fly in there. You fly into Birmingham, you catch a bus out, and I was a novelty. So mm. I usually to get into a frat, you'd have to do the hazing, and there was so many different types of hazing. Yeah. But they were just like, oh, I, I, I want the Aussie at my party. What's like, the so hazing? Would, What's the hazing? Yeah. Um, so the uh, so the, the the reason the sororities went dry is they had some issues with some of their hazing. So one of them was like initiation. Initi- oh, yeah. Right, oh, sorry, right. initiation to go in. Okay. Um, with a paddleboard. Yeah. So they yeah. were like so <laughs> the kids have died from hazing, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah. The, the three I think that led to the sororities being dry was one of them was like I don't know if you those outdoor metal chairs. Like you'd see it like barbecues and stuff. Like they're quite light. They're like aluminium, like steel. Sort oh, of yeah. Yes. Mm. So the, the sorority um, got a blowtorch and heated these chairs up. And then these oh. women had to sit on them naked oh, for a, a certain amount of time. But obviously as they heated them up, the last one was going to be the hottest because it was the last one that had the blowtorch on it. And a woman sat on that and it burned and scarred all her private parts or whatever. So she sued the, for, the sorority and the, and the college. There was another one where they'd like ask the girls, like, you have to go sleep with a member of the football team or whatever. She called an STD. Like, I can't remember what one it was. So, again, she sued and thing. And then there was another one, which is, I think was like excessive drinking or something. And again, she sued, which they went, all right, alcohol's the problem here. We're going to stop it. But also the the male ones, like there was one, I'm trying to think of, I didn't have to do them. This is just, again, for what people have told me. One of them was like the turtle walk. So they got these guys to like get on their knees and they'd grab the penis of the guy in front of them and the penis of the guy behind them. And then they'd like walk on their knees in a circle. So they'd be around in a circle. And Wait, just... one sec. Wait, <laughs> they'd grab the penis. Here, penis. we'll show you. So I'd grab Nace's penis. Oh, beautiful. And he'd one of you put one arm back. Mm, one, yeah, so you grab my penis and you grab the penis in front of you, and then it's like a big circle. So you, you face that penis way with your penis. penis. On, I'm with my yeah, okay, yeah, I'm struggling to see what's wrong with yeah. this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, the other two are bad, but this <laughs> one. It's also what we have to do to get on this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> Turn and walk down. It's a very small there. circle with me, Nathan, and Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> around each other's dicks. Um, but then fun. it was like it was like walk around for like an hour. 
So they would just be in that position. Oh it's also God. very homophobic. This is the thing. It's yes. like, that's, oh, that's so bad. To, to touch a penis. To touch a penis. Yeah. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. Uh, yeah. So so humiliating to – So the, I guess, humiliation tactics. Yeah. Right. So to see that, I was just – it was just more and more people being upset. And I was just like, why the fuck are you doing this? And then I, I chatted to people at, like, France. I'm like, why are you doing this? They're like, someone did it to me. So I'm like, did you, and you didn't like it. No. So mm. I was like, now you're going to try and do it to someone. Yeah. So it's like this. Hard time. So I think like the more I traveled, the more I saw things, I was like, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. Like it just didn't make me feel good. And I think it was traveling, like not knowing people. Like I think one of the best things you can do in life is just travel somewhere where you know absolutely no one. Because suddenly like I found a lot of times you default to what your friends did. Mm. Like whether it be watching whatever you're watching or food or drink or places you go. When you're in by yourself, you're like, oh, I can fucking be friends with anyone I want. I can go anywhere. I don't mm. have to rely on family or friends or things that I've, you know, habits that you've formed. So I think that was a big thing for me to be like constantly traveling and then being like, okay, this, these things, this behavior, this meant, it's just not for me. It's just Mm. making people feel fucking shit. So Nate, did you ever do any hazing? We had, oh, it's interesting that you said like what you were saying, Jim, was like, well, people did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you as well. We used to have cadets at school, right? So a lot lot of these boys' schools have cadets where you quite literally put on a uniform and replicate being in the army. That's what it was. So we would another, go out. Another method acting moment yeah. for Nate. And so you know, like, and I, I do this. I've seen Dunkirk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> this is Nate just trying to get like an acting gig out of this podcast. Though. Oh, my God. Hello, Warner babe, Brothers. I've lied uh, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> didn't get in. Yeah. Right, um, tell me when you got done with oh, the Disney people. this is sad. So I... <laughs> <laughs> This is so. Oscar, you haven't even heard this in your life. I know, I can tell it's going to be shocking. When Nathan's very funny. This is so sad. This is and this is so me. You'll be like, this is the birthday party. You can edit out, but the one where you were, where you were talking about the costumes. It's close. It's close to rocking. So what? So when I left school, so when we were at we're at Nova, another radio station, and there was this ad playing around on on TV, and it was sorry on the on the radio, and it was like, come and be the next Disney star. And I was like, oh, my God, this is me. Oh, by the way, this was all organised by some company separate from Disney called Premier Global Arts or something, uh, but I had no idea at the time. Anyway, I was okay. like, it's like, you got to come to uh, just try it. Just yeah. proves radio advertising yeah. works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> you hearing it while you were having a chat yeah. with Jimmy off air and you're like, no, shut up, mate. Because I'd heard it a few times and it's like this Disney, you know, uh, this Disney recruiter superstar who's made the careers of like insert names I've never heard before. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, and you could be the next star. And it's like, you know, whoosh, bells, whistles. And I was like, bang, this is me. So yeah. I applied I applied, on, <laughs> applied online and I was like, okay, you've got to come out to like the Parramatta Leagues Club uh, and you've got to read some lines and we'll see what happens. We're all Disney stars. Yeah. 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 The Parramatta yeah. Leagues Club. I was like, this is great. I was like, we're all careers are made. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I could be the sweet life of Zach and Cody. You could The sweet life of Nate. Yeah. Uh, so we went, I went out there and there's like 500 kids out there, right? But so, sorry, kids. How, how old yeah. are you? Well, so I was, I would have been... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I would have been 19. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the mean age. Like eight-year-olds. The mean, the mean age was 12. The <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe the older auditions are a bit later. I mean, maybe I've, you know, I've got here a bit early or maybe they've already happened. Uh, and I looked online and I, I remember when I walked in because I saw these, like all these dance moms with their, with their kids, these young, young kids mm. are all done up for like, you know, like a family photo shoot or whatever. And I went in and I was like, okay. Uh, and I look, and I check, I remember checking online and it was like, okay, for ages, it's like five to 19. And I'm like, 
I'm definitely in. The catch me. <laughs> Absolutely in. Anyway, so I go in, we sit down, and then um, they put on this big screen. All the lights go out. There's, like, smoke and fireworks, and they're, like, from the creators of insert stars we've never heard before. Okay. These are career makers. You could be at, like, it's like it felt like a cult. Okay, right. I was right. like, yeah. So MLM. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're clapping going, Yeah, oh, and I'm wow. going, I'm looking around, and there's a four-year-old next <laughs> to like, you. I go, what do you reckon, little Timmy? Someone's texting me and meanwhile going, mate, I'm out. I'm going to be a Disney star. This is huge. Radio's over. And then there's, like, a big single spotlight and it's on this guy and I can't remember his name and he's like the career maker for Disney. He's like, and it's this guy, let's call him Steve, right? And he's like, Steve and Steve comes out. And I was like, yeah, oh my God. Anyway, lights go back on and then what happens is everyone forms lines behind. There's like 10 of these Disney representatives and you had to learn like a couple of lines, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd spent all night learning these lines. It was like I had to go to the dentist. I'm like, I can't remember what the line was. Uh, anyway, so I'm watching all these kids do it uh, and then I'm watching all these kids like get claps and stuff. I go, oh, geez, that must have been good. My, that four-year-old, she did really well. Uh, anyway. <laughs> because I'm still like, I'm in the You'll catchment. Be a star. I'm, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be a star. I'm Paramount Elise Club. Also driven a long way. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. I'd, um, I went and got a haircut that morning and I had on my nice button shirt. Shirt. Oh no, 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 Oh my, and I get caught. So they're like number forty-two, and I go forward. And I was like, I had that guy. So the main dude who came out. So it was all. Everyone had a different person. Yeah. I got to be in front of that guy, and I'm like, Oh my god! Steve. I've got, I was like, This is you. I got to be in front of Steve. Anyway, I get there, and he goes, Nathan. I go, Hi, and he goes, You're a good-looking rooster. And I go, Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Uh, and then he goes, Okay, deliver the line. Anyway, I delivered the line. Whatever it was, it was like it's. T- it was like a. Ten words. It's like, time to go to the dentist. Wow! And then he goes, "Stop everything." We found our star, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And like everybody coming here, I'm like, "Oh my god, I've done it. This is it." And he gets up and he just does the like this, and I go, "This is huge. Oh my god, I've done it." And then, and then he goes, "Okay, so you're gonna, you're like, we, we'd love to have you. You're gonna be amazing. You're gonna be a star. I'm like, awesome. Gives me the pamphlets. I don't even look at the pamphlets. He goes, all right, you'll get a call back tomorrow. I'm like, awesome. I'm calling my drama teacher on the way home. God, I'm going to oh be a Disney God. star. This is all started with you and year 12 drama, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, my she God. Goes, she goes, Nath, open the pamphlet. So I was like, what do you mean? She goes, open the pamphlet. Open the pamphlet. You can come and <laughs> you can go to a conference in LA. Mm-hmm. You've only got to pay $60,000. Bargain. And yeah. get yourself <laughs> over there and you will be at a kiosk and there'll be producers and stuff walking around, so you might have a chance to get on some sort of ad or some sort of TV show so every, only for $60,000. Every, every kid gets handed one of these Everyone the got end. one. He did that to everybody. <laughs> it's just like it's a scam. Oh. They try to, it's a scam. Oh, I can't believe it. I thought it was going to be. You know what's even worse? What you paid. I wanted to pay. <laughs> You're going, what's the price I, of stardom? I wanted to pay. No, no, he told his home. parents and asked for the money. I they called me and they go, go Mum, this is joking? an investment. No. And then parents called me and they go, Jim, is this, is this real? Is Nath been? I'm like, no, it's $60,000 like, for everyone. I was Don't. like, this is an investment. And then they call me and they go, look, I can't do it. I can't afford $60,000. They go, we'll knock it down to fifty. And then I was like, fifty. Nath, this is And Mum and Dad like, no. And I go, okay. Anyway, so that was the end of my so the, TV the, Disney superstar. But now you're sitting um, on the podcast. That's <laughs> yeah. just as exciting. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Hey, this is pretty much Disney. Yeah. Essentially, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, How did we God. start this story? I don't know. That it was sad. Well, what was I talking about? 
You're doing Cadets. Cadets. How did I get to that? Cadets. That is a long bow. That is a long bow. Dunkirk, I think that's why. Dunkirk. That's what we were talking. I remember we were just. Anyone, just he will go on about acting and doing his dialogue. Okay, rein him in. Cadets. That's Someone grab his penis, Oscar. Turtle walk him out of here. That's what we were talking about. The fact that people were saying, you, I, uh, I had this done to me, therefore I will now do it yes. to you. In cadets, it was a similar thing. So there no, was I'm a s- yeah. scare myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, that's it. I'm now running a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. If you want to make it in radio, $60,000, I'll fly you to Parramatta. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, so what would happen is as a young cadet, right? So all the, everyone like in year 10, 11, 12, they had leadership positions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in leadership positions, they made you feel very strong by giving you a hat with a special badge. And sometimes you got a stick, a mm-hmm. stick with like little metal, you know, things on it mm-hmm. or like plica- placards on it or something like that, right? And then what they would do is you would stand up in a line and these guys would walk. So these like year 11s and we're saying year eight and they would wave the stick in front of your penis like that. And if you flinched, they'd whack you in the balls. So, <laughs> so that's, what, that's what they would do. And then I remember at the time being like, this is so fucked because we all got whacked in the balls. I was like, oh, this is not good. And I was sore for ages. Mum's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Anyway, so uh-huh. I remember thinking that was so fucked. Yeah. Three years later, I did the exact same thing to the kids in your eight because really? we were in leadership. We had the stigma. Well, this was do- exactly what you were saying, Jim. This was done That's to well. me. Therefore, haha, I've got the power now. I'm going to do the same thing. Therefore, continually breeding that toxic masculinity. Oh, my exa- God. It's the exact same thing. And the mentality was this was done to me. Therefore, I now have the right to do it, it to them. you. My God. Yeah. So at what point do you think, and like I was asking, mentioned before, there are obviously people that went through those things that didn't turn out as beautiful as you too. I hate saying it. It really irritates <laughs> Love me. Love you. Love you. But <laughs> but like you obviously like Jimmy, you're like, oh well, like yeah, it, it didn't it didn't align with me. But you're an only child from a country town. Like yeah. it's not like you're like, oh, I had sisters to teach me, or I had like, you know, I, I didn't live in Gundawindi. It's no. <laughs> it's like like and you went to an all boys school. Mm. So obviously people that you know that have not gone down this path. Do you think it's because you work in the creative field? Like what do you think is like the defining, is there a defining moment or is there anything that was ever, I know Jimmy said people question your your, your jokes, but I feel like it's more than just a, a single instance, right? Or is it just yeah, who you are I mean, as people or is it your parents? Like I don't know what, because yeah. I don't really know many men like you. Mm. And you guys always, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, whenever I said to straight men, they're like, no, my friend's like this. And I'm like, I don't know. I've met like four straight men in my life that my I. My friends are not like this. Yeah, not as Absolutely good as you. Not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You have every rain cut. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like the other guys are yeah. different. No, but genuinely, yeah. genuinely, yeah. And you guys are, uh, you know, like I said, like you're like sports, you sports commentating, and and you've never once been. Like we're a super, huge thing super, with me. We're super straight guys. Like yes. as guys, yes. Mm. And also, but you've never, to me, like during radio, like I ask you questions and you genuinely answer the question. You're never condescending. Even like, there's not even like the slight air of being condescending. Or one time Jimmy mansplained to me in a meeting and I went, well done mansplaining, Jimmy. <laughs> and then we had a big conversation <laughs> about it afterwards and it was like. But I still like, I still don't get things right. Like I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm proud of the person that I am today and how far I've come and how much I've learned and how much I have changed. But like, I'll give an example. Like um, there's, there's two Kiras that um, work in and around our radio show. Mm. And I had met one of them was quite close. Um, Kira works on our show. She edits digital. There's another Kira. And I had said you were next to me. And I said, Oh, I finally met the other Kira, but don't worry. Like you're the hotter Kira. 
And it was, yeah. and I, again, I said as a passing joke, it was more like I was in my mind, I was trying to big up our Kira at the moment and just be like, you know, I love you. Like, you know, you're, and then you, Abby was literally next to me. She wasn't part of it. And she goes, what the fuck did you just say? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I said that she's the, and she's like, why the fuck how do you have to put down another woman to bring another one up? Mm. And I said, yeah, I was like, you're so right. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I said that. And I, it wasn't my intention. I didn't mean it. And I think that's still like, I'm still going to say stuff and do stuff, which is not my intention, but you do need to call it out because then, you mm. know, you're doing it. And yeah. I can be like, Oh, I don't want to do that again. So yeah. again, but again, like it's, it's not like we've, I don't think Nathan, I have it figured out. Yeah. We're a lot better than our friends. We have to call out our friends a lot more than us. Mm. Mm. Like they still. And each other. We have to call each other out all the yeah. time. And like, do you always do it? There are some times that you don't, cause I have like, obviously I call most people out, but there are some times you just like, too this tired. person's yeah, I'm tired, yeah. and like I'm at the pub, and like this yeah. person's too far gone. Yeah. Like, I think you do. You pick your battles. Well, I, think we, I mean, we did speak about this on air at one point, Abs. I think yeah. one thing that uh, something that I really, really want to get better at, and I feel like I'm slowly getting better. At, and I've spoken to Jim at length about this as well. Is uh, when you call it, there's a difference between calling somebody out and going, "Oh, come on, mate, not that good." You know what I mean? Yeah, having like a little you, laugh. You've got to it. mean it. If I'm mm. still laughing when you've said something like that, I'm not calling you out. Yeah. Because for the person who's making the joke, they've got the affirmation because I still laugh. You still laugh and it's like a cheeky thing yeah, rather if I go, than oh, something Oh, you can't say that. That's still a laugh in there. Yeah. So it's not really getting through then, is it? So yeah. I want to be better at being like, okay, if I'm calling something out, I've got to call it out. Mm. You can't sit halfway. Mm. Do you think that a lot of young men don't have the language to call it out? 100%. I, I, I do think, though, you need to uh, know the person that you're talking to as well. Yeah. Because, like, mm. I think in that moment when you sort of called me out and even in the meeting, I love you and you love me. There's a real healthy mutual respect there. And I and you know that I don't care. Like, I want you to do that, right? And you know that I'm going to go, oh, okay. So mm. that that's you knowing me. But there's definitely, like, for our friends, there are – I wouldn't – as Nay said, like you got to get better at sometimes saying like, "Don't fucking say that." Yeah. But you need to know when and where to do it. Mm. Like sometimes when you're at a pub and your mate may say something, I've realised I'm not going to do it right now in front of everybody. He, well, he's yeah. drinking. He's in front of people. He's. Uh, I need to have a conversation separately at some point and be like, yeah. "Hey, that thing you said the other day wasn't great." Because if I did it there and then, it could actually lead to worse. He could just rile up, get his back caught up. Fuck mm. you! Why are you having a go at me? And then mm. just be more racist or sexist or whatever it is to try and double. Cause like they will double down. They're like, Oh, yeah. something like that. Mm. And then, so again, it's. And then it, I guess that, that teenage boy thing or that childhood thing, the other guys at the table, if they're not willing to call the other person out, they then will be like trying to be like, yeah, that's not that big of a deal, mate. Like, yeah, like exactly. they're all getting up and, and then you yeah, sat yeah. and then you've, then you're the one that's ruined the day. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like your women at work. <laughs> Or in any environment. The women in existing. Wow, you guys, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Me going, you poor things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, but you're like, uh, I don't know. I, th I think a big thing as well in, I feel, is that the, a lot of the my mates who I know who do that sort of sexist behaviour, it comes from, because maybe they didn't grow up, because I, I grew up, it was fucked, right? It was just absolutely completely fucked. That's mm. the way it was backwards. Like I said, it's even in school. So you don't even need to worry about like, you mm. know, what's happening at it's school. Like, men do this, women do that. These are your boxes. Mm. Fucking stay in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stay in my box. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm sitting in the middle. Right. I've been trying to get into a page. So. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my feet. No, I'm not right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just put a 40 kilo shoe on me. I do, I do think that like sex plays a big part in it. Right, because yes. a lot of the times, like I'll be chatting to mates about sex or whatever, and I try to be open and honest. And but their sex comes from or what they think sex is is purely from pornography. 
Mm-hmm. We don't, I don't, I don't remember having any open, healthy and honest conversations with male friends growing up. And even now, like I'll be like, even now, even now, like I've been at bars with mates or whatever. And I'd be like, I like my ass being played with. And like my friends, they're like, so you mean Jim, Jim putting on something on Kino and going, I like my ass being played with. I like the Blue 17. And then, like, I've had messages. Yeah. No, you, no, you don't. You're just saying that to rile me up. I'm like, why the fuck would I say to that? To rile you mm. up, yeah. to rile them up. Because they think sex is like a, a man needs to dominate a woman. Mm-hmm. They need to be choked, and I need to mm-hmm. be this big man. And like, it's it's not. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I don't remember any conversations young, even at school, where you talked about what like sex more than like here's protection. This is how you reproduce. Mm. That's it. Well, actually. Do do you ever speak about because I feel like a lot of women now, particularly in the past, um, a lot of queer people in the past like five years. I mean, queer people have been for ages, but women particularly have been really focused on their pleasure. Do men ever speak about? No, 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 no. This is the not. thing. Like, I, th- I've had that conversation. Like, talked about, and like, some of my friends either wig out and they're like, I don't want to talk about it, or then I'm like, Well, what are you into? Like, what do you like? I'm having sex. I'm like, in that just fucking, like, just yeah. fucking. Fucking. Just fucking. This yeah. is where the patriarchy starts to affect mm. men negatively as here's well. The, here's the conversation, Amy, right? Here's mm. how the conversation goes. Ready? Right, we'll, we'll, do it. we'll do it right now, right? Ready? All right. So you're doing the pub. Okay, also classic um, going yeah. into method. Can I get some sound effects in post? Okay, I don't okay. know. Okay, go. And lights. Bro, that chick last night, did you root her? See, this is why I'm the actor. Okay. I, I, I just, just never said that to me. Yeah. Even, I'm to <laughs> Even I was like, again, he's good. He's yeah, bloody good. Yeah. Well, who, am I being me or do you want me to be our mates? You're just being okay, like, we're, we're being, being generic. Yeah, okay. being we're, being generic. Yeah. we're being generic. Yeah, that cheek last night, she was so hot. Did you yeah, no, I, I just fucked her. It was, it was heaps good. Fuck yeah, want a beer? Yeah, man, yeah. Scene. Is that it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> really? Oh, there might be one to see fighter. Filmed it. That's it. Obviously with consent. Yeah. Not with consent. Not with consent. Yes. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sorry, I'm speechless. Mm. So that people still... That's the extent now, of the conversation. Now? Now? That yeah. would still happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you're talking like the, the straight white guy still thinks that like sex is... It's like just... It's like a um like a like a toke it's like a like a trophy almost like yeah. oh yeah got another one yeah yeah and it's like you just need to do it so you need to put your penis inside of them and come and that's it feather so in the not, cap. it's not it's not like pleasurable it's not like what do you like like what do you do to them like do you think mm. that stops men from ever really experiencing true intimacy and pleasure straight men hundred percent yeah I think so because they can't speak about it and mm. and because they be comfortable in they that? think that like you know again they're super homophobic they think men talking about sex is like you're gonna have sex with me i'm like no well like, that's that, that's where the patriarchy affects men is that they they think that speaking about anything that they think is um either yeah like feminine makes them gay then because yeah. then obviously mm. homophobia is a ho- huge function of the patriarchy so then mm. they avoid doing it altogether, and then that ends up making them not speak about the things they should mm. be speaking about because it's like we're chicks mm. because and- women are seen as inferior and, they, and I think that's where that mentality stems from, though. Like, so it's like, all right, sex for me is just just having, like, is just literally putting my dick inside of and coming, right? I, I, I've had so many conversations, like, well, did she come? Oh, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. And mm. then I'm like, and then they're like, oh, she thinks so. And then they go, she never called me back. She never wanted to see me again. I'm like, no shit, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Fuck. Can I, I was pretty fucked. Can I ask, like, what, if you don't mind, what that fork moment for, was for you in terms of the sex stuff? Like, how did you get to realize, like, oh, there's also this woman who also wants to enjoy herself and mm. her enjoy. I derive enjoyment out of her enjoyment. When did that happen for you? 
I, I got, I, to be honest, I got really, really lucky. So I didn't drink in high school at all. I really wanted to get out of Gundy. And I thought, uh, cause I'd seen so many people drink from such a young age. And then like, so like at Friday at the pub, I'd see people drink and then um, Saturday I'd play cricket, right. And the adults would be throwing up or hung over. Yeah. And I'd be like, why would I oh. drink the thing that makes like it gives me a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. That's where my brain oh, was. Oh, right. Mm. So, so competitive. Yeah. It's way <laughs> super competitive. All of motivations are I wanted to be funnier and better at sports. <laughs> it's like, okay. So then, also that's what led to the dislocated shot. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Competitive. Anyway, so I didn't – I had a girlfriend and, and as well the other thing I'd seen is like I'd seen the way that men had talked about sex and stuff as like, you know, you're just sort of doing it and I didn't understand that. And I'd see, again, small country town, like someone's ex is someone's ex. So I'd see fights at the pub, fights at school, all these things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, again, I don't want to get into a fight. I need a competitive advantage. So I had a girlfriend in high school. She wanted to like hook up. I didn't want to do anything. I kissed her on the lips and that was it. I wouldn't let her give me a hand job. I wouldn't touch her. She broke up with me. She's like, you're frigid. I want to be with someone else. Okay. And then I went to schoolies just because some mates were like, I didn't even book anything. They were like, you got to come to schoolies. It's really fun. I'm like, all right. So I was 17 because at that stage, Queensland, we graduated mm-hmm. at 17, not 18. Mm-hmm. And I'd never drank before. And so a mate gave me um, two his extra dry, some Ted's. And I had like two beers and I became super confident because I'd mm. never, I was always a confident kid, but now I've had beer. So I'm like mm. on top of the world. And I met these two girls from St. Hel- Hilgers and Helgers on the Gold Coast. And they were making St. out. Hilders. St. Hilders, yeah. yeah. They were making out. And I just went up to them and I was like, can I get in on that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, this is great. But then all my mates were like, they thought it was funny. Like, you know, he's never done anything. Like, he's never had sex. He's never, like, fingered a girl. He's done nothing. And they were like, oh, sweetie. They're like, can we take your virginity? So I lost my virginity with these two girls. And they, like, they, at that moment were like, this is where a G spot is. This is how you make a girl squirt. Wow. Like, they just explored each other's bodies and like a lot of things that I still know and use to this day were from those two then. So wow. We need those women on this podcast. St. Hilda, the patron saint of virginities. To me, that was a fork of the moment. I'm like, oh, like, and they were like, you know, you, you pleasure a woman. And I, in my head, I'm like, I'd never done anything. So I'm like, that makes sense. Pleasure a woman and you'll have, you'll get return business. Mm. So then from then on, that was always my mentality of like, if you please a woman, then you will, she'll want to have sex with you again. And sex is a wonderful thing where you're like, you know, it's, it's really pleasurable. Mm. So yeah. that, but that I also think is why it comes back to me. I'm like, it needs to be educated better in schools or whatever to explain what that is and explain what sex is and, and how yeah. to have good mm. sex. And because, consent as well, right? Yeah. Consent, yeah. They were like, they're like, you know, if you want to spit in my mouth or choke me or whatever, like you ask and you get consent first. And like, I had no, I had no base level. So I'm just like, okay, yeah. So I'm just writing all this mm. down. But again, those things that I, I guess still use today at 33, turning 34 was what I learned when I was 17. Um, mine was at uni. Mine was at uni as well. I remember because I had so many different rugby mates and I didn't, I remember at uni, I, all my friends were girls, all of them, mm. because I'd just come out of all boys school, rugby, men, 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 men. Mm. And I remember uh, sitting in my first law class and I was a woeful student. Jimmy knew this. Mm-hmm. Took me nine years to finish a law degree. Yeah. Fucking still, woeful. Still ladder. did it though. Yeah, still yeah, finished. your heart was up. at neither. You can't well, know. That's <laughs> right. I didn't yeah. know where my heart was. You, yeah. know what I mean? I, you know why? You know I did law? Wanted to be on suits. Uh, <laughs> didn't realise they were actors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, again, he's, he's method. He's method. 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 Uh, I was he's like, a... I'll show you neither. I'll <laughs> get a huge <laughs> exit. And by the time you finish your degree, suits was cancelled. <laughs> 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 <laugh
lot of the uh, a lot of the girls who I was really close with um, at uh, at uni way smarter than me, way mm. smarter. Mm. So I came out of school being one of the alphas because footy, you know, I was pretty good at school, all that kind of stuff. And then they Nath, just Nathan's a legend of his school. Like yeah. people see Nath outside of school, they're like. Wow, that's Nathan Roy. And then I walked into yeah. uni and they shat all over me. They were so much, literally shat all over me. Literally? Like, yeah. God. Oh, no, I still get it out of my head. So they shat on his chest. <laughs> but they were all so much smarter than me, mm. so much smarter than me, spoke so much better than me, had a much better understanding of just everything, uh, uni life and all that kind of stuff. So I became really close with a big bunch, with a bunch of girls. Mm. So I would come, like, I would still do footy training and then i come and then all the people I was really close with were all, uh, were all women at, at, mm. at uni. Uh, we act, my first ever radio show was... Was at Sydney University Radio Group. Uh, it was me, a girl called Lizzie, and a girl called Geordie, and it was called "Let's Talk About Hex, Baby." Uh, that was yeah. <laughs> I the like Facebook that. page still exists. I like uh, it'll that. pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember we were, we would go down to the senior university, like radio thing. And we would like, you know, talk about our show and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I learned so much about sex with women. Like, cause mm. they, they would, they would tell like all their stories and all that kind of stuff. And I would, like, I'd had sex three times maybe. Mm. Uh, and, and then they, they're telling me all these things about, you know, like, Oh, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't make me calm. He couldn't get me horny. I was so mm. not into him. I couldn't get him wet. I was, I didn't know what getting wet meant. I thought it meant pissing. I had, knew, <laughs> I had, really? I had no idea what it meant. And they were the ones who educated me Wow! because I was and like at an all boys school on the footy field, those conversations we had before that they, they had no idea, mm. but the, the extent of the conversation was, did you fuck it? Yeah. So good. That's it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Spat <laughs> on my it. dick. And so those, it. those two were the ones that taught me a lot of this stuff. And they're like my, the, the extended group that I had at uni, they were the ones who taught me a lot of those things. So he was exposed to more women and close to more women. It, it, it was as simple as being exposed to more women for me. Right. That so was we, as simple as that. And then they taught me so many different things. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just before, would you send your kids to an old boys school? Because I reckon I would send my girls, small girls, my boys mm. to a school. Yeah. I mean, look, I love school. I mm. loved it. So did I. Yeah. I, like, I love right. I, I was the biggest nerd. I loved it. <laughs> you the women, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I loved it so much. But uh, I think the, the thing for me is, and I know, uh, like, a lot of change is happening in a lot of these schools mm. now. Um, there would need to be some pretty sufficient changes for me to want to do that. Because I wouldn't want to put the pressure on, say, if I had a son, go to that school and then have to rechange everything when they leave because they haven't learnt during the yeah, process you, of school. And you'd have to fight to be almost like deprogramming them exactly. throughout their schooling exactly. time to be like, that isn't normal. What happened mm. then? They wouldn't tell you things. They'd feel like they're in trouble yeah. for telling you about the cadet ball oh, whacking. Okay, thing. how about this perfect example, right? The, the toxicity that still exists like within that school realm, that all-boys all school. There was a proposal uh, a couple of years ago for the school that I went to to become co-ed. Okay. Everyone blew up. All these old old boys who went to my school all blew really? up going, are you fucking kidding? It'll ruin the school. It'll ruin the dynamic of the school, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm here thinking that I was like, no, those moments when the girls came in, that's when I grew as a human being. Yes, that would actually change it for the better. Mm. Why do you think they're so scared of the change in that way? The because they're scared of change. That's why. Because they're scared because this is how it's been done for more than 150 years. Wow. Their only fear is that it's different to what they had. It was. All right, guys, again, spoke for too long. So um, we felt like we would split this episode up into two parts um, because Jimmy and Nath are just such amazing people. I love them so much, as you can tell. And um, we spoke about mental health some more as Jimmy is really open about his mental health. So uh, another episode coming tomorrow. A listener production.